0: The North Carolina Dance Festival continues its 22-23 season with two performances in Greensboro. Assembly by Tommy Noonan, October 6th and 7th at Greensboro Project Space and our main stage performance featuring five professional North Carolina choreographers on October 8th at the Van Dyke Performance Space. Join us to experience dance up close and personal. Tickets and information is at danceproject.org slash ncdf.
1: This is Connor Oster and you're listening to the Free Pizza Podcast.
2: your platform for creators and say we have a very very special guest who i've been meaning to talk to on here for a long time um the matthew giddings how you doing
0: i'm doing great uh, I, yes I, you I'm are so happy to be here with you
2: yes you are me and matthew have become good <laughs> homies <laughs> over the past you say a year ago is when we met did the photo shoot right um which i can't believe it's been a year
0: you're gonna tell people what that photo shoot was
2: should we tell people what the photo shoot was? I was was that your first time i think we have to it was it was uh, it was a nude shoot it was fully actually? I think you were. God, were you the first fully nude?
0: I, think first fully I was. You were the first fully nude. Yes. So we made a beautiful book. Yes, we did. Which is here. Oh, I want see to see the book. I haven't seen the book. Yeah. It really, the book completes it. I want to see the book. You told me. Oh, don't had the book. Uh, yeah, you did tell me you're gonna make a book. I ordered it from that place. What? <sighs> you
2: did the book from um, Artifact Uprising.
0: And I brought it to Matisse on our 10th anniversary. <sighs>
2: I need to see the book. It's <laughs> it's wild. Dude, I told you they're the best.
0: They're I mean, the best. I mean, the photos are wild. Dude, I, I agree. I took. Them. <laughs> I was... I that session was sick. I this has been a journey. Yeah, that was an important milestone, the nude photo shoot. Yeah, and here I am a year later, further down the path of that Very, kind of. Openness,
2: exactly. We've talked, about,
0: we've talked about that in length
2: before we started this show. <laughs> um, and maybe we'll share that later on in, sure. in a, different, a different podcast, right, but I will give it a creative. But I'm very excited for that book. You, you would have you're a mouse on for me as well.
0: So thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for hitting me up. I was following you on Instagram before I moved here from you, Chicago.
2: That's you tell me that. Too. I, was like,
0: I started my Giddingsboro Instagram account to research who's doing what around here, yeah. And so I had been following you already for a year and a half before I contacted you to do the shoot.
2: That's insane. Yeah.
0: That's super I'm very honored. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. You know. Well, I did get turned down by somebody else. Oh
2: wow. They
0: were really they were really um they were <laughs> like, This is not for me. It it was somebody who does like really dramatic um very theatrical, very big, bright colored. Oh yeah. And that would have been totally the wrong fit for that. Yeah. yeah. Your your work uh, made me look beautiful for who I am. Yeah. And not like in some sort of exaggerated thing. So
2: mine's definitely not exaggerated. I tr-
0: <laughs> I tr- I, tr- I trust the universe to, you know, guide me. So, oh,
2: I'm very happy. That don't you.
0: feel offended that I asked somebody else first. I'm offended. Uh, it was not. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs>
2: I'm glad you first led us together and we're here. You know? Uh,
0: like we were just picking up
2: where we left off. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And you are <laughs> the director of Elsewhere. That's right. Um, which is amazing. I was there for the for the party you did. It was last year. The uh, extravaganza. The extravaganza, which is super amazing. Airport themed. Which is super awesome,
0: by the way. We had everybody wearing blue blazers, <laughs> kerchiefs, yes. air, uh, uh, pins from the local airport. And we had a flight simulation. Which is super amazing. Where we used a drone camera to fly up to the third floor window. And then we transitioned to a gimbal to 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 move through the museum as if you were in a tiny airplane. Yeah. And um, yeah. that was the first time that I really combined... Being an artist with being a nonprofit professional, yeah, I it was like I needed to do a, our fundraising event, but I really wanted to do it as an artist, right? And so I'm really proud of the way that we've been able to not just say that we're artist run, because there's a lot of artist run spaces that don't actually make room for art the artists who work there to be artists, exactly, exactly. And I think that we have the opportunity at elsewhere to. Fall through on it in a way that is unusual, and even, um, you know, I shared my website with you. Yes, you did. Yeah, which was I made that website because elsewhere asked me for my website. So you made that just. (laughs) No other job has ever asked, cared that I was an artist. About your work, yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, I mean, except for my first job working at the children's museum, but that was in 2005. Wow. So that was a long time to have nobody looking for me as an artist. Yeah. And I remember hearing a curator say that they wished that MFA students at, when they graduate would go and lock themselves in a stu- in their studio for 20 years and then and see what they come up with. Yo, that would be insane. And I feel like I've just done that. Really? I have not. I have not shown work since 2008 Golly and But I've steadily been making work, right? Just not you know, necessarily for other people just for you and um, I Feel like I'm a late bloomer. I'm a slow cooker uh, and and I feel like this is my moment right now to um, Claim it yeah and push really hard and see where it goes and um it just took me this till age thirty nine. To, <laughs> to 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 be ready. Yo, sometimes a journey is just all over the place.
2: Sure. Nothing wrong with that, you know? Sure. And uh for, let's get back to the artwork in a second, but you're from Indiana, so I wanna start there. I wanna start where you were born. Sure. and going through this crazy journey that you've been on. Yeah. And we'll get back we'll get back to Greensboro.
0: Do you want the do you want the short version? Um, give us a, just go through the highlights cause the know, highlights, you know, okay. I want to do it for your,
2: I mean, your story is amazing, but you know, just sure. go the highlights.
0: So, um, I was born in Mishawaka, Indiana, which is right next to Sopin, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And my father was a Franciscan priest in England. Wow. Left the priesthood. Wow. Okay. Came to the university of Notre Dame while still a priest, um, to teach. Went back, left the priesthood. Notre Dame offered him a job as a theology professor. Okay. And that's when my parents got married. My mother was a graduate student there.
2: Wow! At the at Notre Dame.
0: Oh my gosh! And so that's why I grew up in South Bend, Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Um. I spent. Uh, we ended up moving to Tilburg in the Netherlands for my kindergarten year, Ooh, so that he could teach there. And then we uh, moved back to Niles, Michigan, which is just across the border from Indiana in um, a rural area. So it was surrounded by cornfields and an acre of woods. Yeah. uh, You know, I think a half an hour from Lake Michigan and took a 45-minute bus ride to school and spent my grade school years at a public school there. Then I moved back to South Bend, went to a really... Like elite private Catholic school, and hated it. Yeah. Then I went to a less elite private Catholic school (laughs) for high school, (laughs) and really found myself uh, the art. My art classes were somewhat of a safe haven, Uh Um, and I found, you know, there was like one table of the goths and raver kids and weirdos. And no other table would have me, and so that's where I landed. Um, okay. With the cool kids, yeah. They were definitely not the cool kids. <laughs> that, was, that was a sarcasm. According to according, according to the... according to the pecking order at my school. Yeah, exactly. But it was really wild, uh, and I might be, I may be sure. You all know, gonna have to cut some of this, but um, it was there was a um, there was a a, a a Christian youth club. Okay. That had punk shows, okay and so, and that's where everybody went. And so like at age fifteen, I'm drinking and in mosh pits and <laughs> with everybody uh, and like smoking and my and and I don't know how we got our parents to let us go there.
2: Oh my God.
0: And then after a while, we sort of transitioned to a under 18 dance club called the Midnight Sun, mm-hmm. which was like more, um, more like industrial music and electronic music dancing. But we would go dancing every, yeah. every, um, every weekend. And then, and then like we got into uh, South Bend, Indiana is a former, um, headquarters for Studebaker cars. Mm-hmm. So there's all these old factory buildings and most of them are derelict and there was like a last gasp of like uh, warehouse raves that came to South Bend just as I was like turning 16, 17. And so for a couple of years, there were like r- real parties yeah. uh, at in these warehouses, which I, it's kind of unreal that that was something that I got to experience in South Bend, Indiana, right?
2: Yeah, it's so random.
0: I started to go up to Chicago uh on the South Shore train, uh going to record stores and thrift stores. Um ended up taking a class at Columbia College oh, while I was in high school. And then um because my father had taught he my father passed away when I was nine. Oh no um but I still had um they still gave us a tuition waiver for the University of Notre Dame. Oh really? So I went to school there. Okay. Uh and I was like I know that this is a good education I know that I'm not going to feel very comfortable here. And so I'm just going to hole up in the art department and go abroad for a year. So I studied German all through high school, first year of college, and then spent my sophomore year in Innsbruck, Austria. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. And I didn't make any artwork that year. No, all I did was soak stuff up. I was just curious, going to lots of museums, going, walking around, um, kind of absorbing, traveling all over Europe. And um, when I came back, I really sort of got serious about making art and did well for the art department at the University of Notre Dame. Notre Dame yeah. But I also, like, knew that if I went to a bigger school, like an art school, I would get gobbled up. Right. I just didn't know how to navigate it socially. I didn't have the confidence as an artist. And I was, like, trying to make work that was more like conceptual and advanced, then I really knew what I was doing. Okay, um, yeah. So, but I also had the impression that um, that the paths that were presented to me were not gonna work for me. There were basically two paths. One was teach at the university level, mm-hmm. or try to make art and sell it in galleries and have museum shows. In freelance, yeah. And I was like, neither of those work for me. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have an art degree. Yeah.
2: What art were you making at the time?
0: Um, That's a good question. I started making... I was studying printmaking and photography, but but I was making them sculptural. So I started making boxes that had prints and photographs in them, like slotted into them. And my thesis work were these um, have you do you know what a tunnel book is
2: a tunnel book
0: a tunnel mm-hmm. book is like uh, imagine an accordion okay but you look in one end and you know how the accordion has those little rivets yeah yeah or the I don't know what those are called the little ups the little and downs things, yeah, yes. yeah imagine that in between each of those is a is a um, okay. is a image that has an opening in the middle okay like a theater set. Yeah. So that you first see this, then you see this, then you see this oh. moving back into space. So you have this really long image. Yeah. So know. I made these sculptures that combined drawing and photography to create whole environments when you looked into the peephole. Yeah. And the the project was called the Internal Theater. And the idea the premise was is that you were looking inside your own body. And you were seeing a dream, uh, the state of your inner workings poetically. Wow. Um, And, uh, you know, like in some ways it was an amazing project. In other ways it was like I can look back at it and see how like constricted I was. I spent most of my senior year in an armchair not moving. Wow, really? I was so... Anxious and depressed. It, I, I could have failed out of school, but I had enough fear to get me to do. It, it was a sort of a weird combination of in so much ambition. Like the project was very ambitious, but also I was afraid of failing. Failing, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I. I had to sneak back into the museum after the install date to finish it. <laughs> Jeez. I, I delivered it unfinished without telling anybody. <laughs> oh, no, they didn't know it was unfinished. They didn't know it was unfinished. <laughs> and, and when I came back to like fix the plug thing, I like swapped some stuff out and like but like it's so funny because I could have been like it's not done. I need more time. I need help. I need counseling. I need you to notice that I'm showing up to your class after not having slept for three days in a row. Doing this project. No, no, no. Oh, just you just weren't sleeping. For the junior and senior year of school, I stayed up all night most nights out of the week. Just That was just your routine. I don't even know what I was doing. I My brain was mush. Oh, yeah. Man, that's okay, wild. Okay, so now... Uh, The summer of, before my senior year, I started teaching a drawing class at the local museum, the Southman Museum of Art. And it was great. I was like, I like this. I had babysat since I was 12. So So you used to... I was used to it. Teaching and being... yeah. Yeah. The next summer I taught that class, but I also did a mural project with teens. Okay. Or maybe it was like two summers back. Anyway, I can't remember. Um, By the time I finished my senior year, I'd had enough experience working with young people on art projects that um, I was like, I need to get out of town. I need to get experience that I can't get here. Mm -hmm. I want to get as far away as I can. My sister had already moved to England. We have dual citizenship. Right. I was like, well, I need to go a different direction. (laughs) <laughs> so she's there so, and she's like hey, I need to go here. That's basically the decision I made. Yeah. And I knew three people in San Francisco and I said I'm gonna ask if I can stay on their couch till I can find a job and the cheapest apartment I can find. And I got a job after seven weeks of couch surfing. Wow,
2: that's actually kind of fast.
0: I don't know. I lost two of the three friends from that oh no, damn i guess i also hooked up with one of them <laughs> which didn't go over well um, <laughs> okay understandable that's for another podcast yes um, it is and <laughs> um, and so i got the job wait I got the job. I don't, I don't remember the order of things. Seven weeks couch surfing, got a job. I was I worked in a spiral binding factory. Oh, God. Okay. For a little while, which yeah. actually had an immense amount of gay illustrated porn. Really? Yeah. It, uh, and, and interestingly enough, the owner made more money dumpster diving for discarded library books and turning them into journals than he did in all of the other business that he made.
2: Wow. So
0: it was really interesting. I also got like lots of neat material. Yeah. Um, So I did that for a few weeks and then they that job dried up. And then I got a job at a children's museum called Zeum. 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 Okay. It was in downtown San Francisco in Yerba Buena Gardens. This weird sort of tornado shaped building that they built before they knew what it was going to be. And then they created a children's museum in it afterwards. My job for two years was to teach clay animation, music video production with green screen, news broadcasts, digital music production. like And, and, I, and I had uh, three-year-olds to um, 18-year-olds coming every day and so it was like it was like going to Second City, but for art. It was improvisation. I had to be on. I had to engage a group. I had to take their ideas, and they had to walk out with a DVD. Uh, which is funny to say, because <laughs> people don't make DVDs <laughs> anymore. DVDs are now not things uh, anymore. <laughs> but they would walk out with a DVD of their clay animations or their news broadcasts that we had produced in their field trip and uh i was working 20 i was working th- 25 or 30 hours a week i was gonna pay 15 an hour whoa what year was this 2005 that's a ton of money back then <laughs> back then i was more wealthy
2: <laughs> that's a lot of money. working back at then. a
0: children's museum part-time than i am now yeah like relatively wealthy. Holy I was single and then get this. I was on Craigslist every day looking for a place. I was like I need to find the cheapest place possible. I was literally looking at closets and you've heard that story before. Like uh, yeah. oh absolutely. And P- and I got turned down from like lots of places. Why? But but cuz they found somebody who was like barely going to be there. Oh okay. Okay. This was post.com bubble burst yes. but before tech yeah so it was a moment there's a little window where it was even possible for me to live there and i landed and get this i'm on craigslist i find a posting i'm like it i was watching it pop up yeah. like i was watching like in real things, time as like, things i would apply immediately and the situation was rent is five hundred dollars
2: Okay.
0: Most of the rents were like 800, 1200, 1500. Yeah. $500 may go down to 330. It was a rent controlled apartment that an older person had been living in since the I don't know, 70s. Oh, shoot. Yes. The uh, so an older gay man who used to be a prostitute, a younger, very large Hispanic man who and they weren't talking to each other because they had they fought and they had both been refusing to clean the apartment for I don't know how long. Oh God. There were garbage bags everywhere. There were cats. There was there were pots in the Refrigerator full of moldy food. Oh my god! And they sat me down. The 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 younger person sat me down. He said, "This is the situation. Are you sure you want to live here?" And I said, "I absolutely do." Yeah, I do. It was. I had a. I had a room that faced the street. Huge bay windows. The walls were painted like this peachy orange. And um, the younger person, I think, harassed the older person enough to get him to move out. But because the the landlord had been accepting the rent from the younger tenant, he became the master tenant with rent control. So our rent dropped. The older person had been lying about how much the rent was and hadn't been paying rent for decades. Decades? decades oh my god and so suddenly we're all paying 333 a month i have a bedroom in the mission i'm paying beginning paid 15 dollars an hour to work at a children's museum making clay animations every day and i have time and i'm like what am i what do i want to do well i'm going to volunteer at creativity explored which is a studio for adult artists with developmental disabilities yeah i volunteered there one day a week um, I volunteered at a movie theater in Haight-Ashbury called the Red Vic okay. and I volunteered there once every two weeks And for volunteering I would get free tickets to the Red Vic that I could give to anybody And I could go to any movie theater in the whole city any day. I wanted to see any movie By working at the Children's Museum. They were reciprocal with every other museum in the city So I had free access it's to all- every museum in every movie theater for 2 years. I could fly back to Indiana anytime I wanted. I could eat out anytime you I wanted. So much money. Yeah. Um and in the midst of all that, I decided that I should move into a dedicated monogamous relationship with somebody from my high school back in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really always understand the way that my mind works. That's <laughs> yes.
2: Pretty crazy. But like,
0: I did, I then entered into a, a two and a half year long distance relationship, and I spent a lot of my time. Then, I, when I wasn't doing these other things, I also created this the, the the animation program at a sculpture studio in Oakland called the the Crucible. Wow! Um, in the midst of all this, animation program. But the wow. thing that I did the most outside of all that was walk around the city. And pick up stuff.
2: Just pick up stuff around the streets,
0: wherever you... I was always, I biked everywhere and I always was stopping to pick stuff up. I would put furniture on my bike and wheel it. I'd walk halfway across the city to wheel it back to my room. When you walked into my room, it was like, I don't know how to describe it, it was like a museum, like floor to ceiling, yes. uh, chest of drawers stacked up on each other. I had gotten this like whole handmade bunk bed from Craigslist that looked like it was oh taken from a ship cabin and put a bus seat underneath and had a fish tank. And like I'd, everything I found just became part of my Your room. The, my room was my artwork. Yeah, I made other things. Um, and from that was born my first alter ego. Mather Searlow.
2: Okay, perfect. Yes.
0: yes. <laughs> I was wondering when we were getting to this. Yes. So when I was still in undergrad, I got a piece of mail from Joanne's Fabric. I had signed up for a mailing list, and they couldn't read my handwriting. Yeah. And so my name at the time was Matthew Searle, but they misread it, and I got a piece of junk mail that said, or a coupon from Joanne's Fabric that said, Mather Searlow. And my, I was living with, my older sister was my housemate. Mm-hmm. She was also studied art at the University of Notre Dame. I kind of did everything she did, um, but she said you need to hold on to that. That's going to be really important. Yeah. So I put it on my bulletin board, and then I brought it with me out to San Francisco, and then my I was oh I also ran a gallery while I was there called um, it was also called the Crucible at a place called Cell Space, okay, which was uh, like a nonprofit art center. That has its own really rich history in the mission. Um, but they let me just run their, their gallery as a volunteer. Um, but they were having a market and my friend who worked there said, do you want to have a booth at the market? And I said, yes. And I decided that I would make junk jewelry. So I collected stuff everywhere I went. Lots of materials from the Children's Museum you Know kids are making stuff all the time for these props for the stop motion films, yeah. And I just saved all the best stuff. I would, I had whole clay figures, I had just all kinds of debris, right? And so I started making jewelry, uh, with uh, like basically tiny sculptures on a string. And I made a, a little shack and I painted a sign and it said Mathers Cielo's bucket block and hung it from my tiny cardboard shack through which i sold junk jewelry at the cell space market right so that's the first thing that ever came out as mather silo then um i was asked to teach a i was asked to teach digital music production and i had no idea how to make music what like
2: i say yeah you haven't really talked about music no
0: no training I mean, I, music, piano lessons at some point, but, but really, not, no, but not a musician. <laughs> oh, my God. And because we're a digital arts museum, it's like you, we have to do these things. So I sat down with GarageBand and I said, I'm going to teach myself how to make music. And then I'll know enough to teach younger people how to do it. Yeah. And that was quite a journey. I yeah. had to figure out what was my voice and what, how did I make music? Um, and so I produced a 15-minute album. I still have two copies left. Uh, they're on yellow 15-minute-long demo tapes that I hand-scratched lettering into, put put into a, a the, the case with a sticker and hand-drawn lyrics, and then sealed the whole thing with a sticker from the Spiral Binding Factory and then wrote on the outside of it. And I think I made like 15 of these and oh. sold them for $5 each. Oh but almost nobody, I just, I don't know what to do. Like people would barely even take them. I have no idea if people even listen to them or open them. Yeah. So, um, but Mather Cielo was like born again now as a kind of imagine a lounge singer that was born out of a swamp that sort of is the, the, it was called the singing styles of Mather silo it. and it's like all the different voices that Mather sings through and I had a, t- a, a digital recorder and so I would record myself everywhere. I had so much time yeah and I would just I'd be waiting for the bus I'd be singing in it and <laughs> I sing I sing when I'm happiest I sing yeah and so I just started to capture those and then a lot of those recordings, were what turned into the album. And so you can listen to it on my website. Yes. It's.
2: So it was an unreleased something on uh, your website on your SoundCloud. It was like SoundCloud or something. Yeah, it's on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, I, I need to, I didn't listen to it, but I saw it last night.
0: Um, And then, so then um, I sort of saw two paths. It was like, am I going to become an administrator? Like I kind of couldn't be be an educator at the Children's Museum forever. Yeah, it just it seemed like I had to move up. You need to move up, it's have some kind of growth. And 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 my supervisor at the time was like, "No, you shouldn't do that." Why? Like, it's not for you. Wow. I I, I I have ADHD, and I struggled with some of the parts of the job that were like more administrative. It's not what comes naturally to me at all. Right. Um, I'm really good in front of a crowd. I'm really good at engaging young people. I'm, I'm very creative, but I struggle with I mean in college I, I was I was frozen writing papers. On, when 9/11 happened, mm-hmm. I was at my computer. I had been up maybe all night trying to write a paper and I got off the hook of having to I was not going to be done with this paper and 9/11 hit and like that's indicative of my experience. In I, I needed help and I didn't know how to ask for. Ask it. for it, yeah. My mom is a therapist and she kept asking me to get tested and oh. to get. Yeah, my brother was on already on meds for ADHD. Yeah. Um, but I th- I thought that I would be better if I just tried harder. to focus yeah. So, anyway, back to, so um, that sort of. I didn't go the administrative route. And so I applied to go to grad school in rural Illinois. Um, a, a, a graduate student when I was an undergrad had gone to this program. It's where they had gone to undergrad, Charleston, Illinois, Eastern Illinois University. Um, and. He had said, you should just check this out because they pay you to teach and you get a year in the studio and then you have your master's degree. Which is perfect. And so from San Francisco, I was like, I kind of like the idea of being back in the studio for a year. I kind of like the idea of teaching undergrad. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see what happens when I live in rural Illinois. And also I would be two hours away from Matisse, who I was dating. Yeah. So I would long distance, but closer. Okay. yeah so i got in yeah i lived in a two-story carriage house behind somebody's house that was all wood paneled yeah and it was like mather Sierlo's house like yeah weird so you kind of fully embraced i that. Also you go. my I, once again my home was uh, itself a work yeah but that nobody else saw really wow yeah I didn't it wasn't part of my art the part of the reason why I had to create an alter ego is is because I didn't give myself permission to be fully myself in my capital A art Yeah, yeah I felt like it had to be a certain way and so I needed this outlet that was the space for all the weird stuff that I wanted to do that I didn't have an explanation for I was taught to make art that you could explain that it was a concept that was supported by the art that you made, mm-hmm. which is so. It kind of is dead already. I say very much so. So, um, I went into that year telling myself that I'm going to spend the whole year making tents. Tents. So all I did, the whole year, was draw pictures of tents. And make sculptures of tents and make lithographs of tents. I can't tell you exactly why, but they, I, it was like um, a human, a tall vertical tent. If you look on the website, it's called transient conditions. Okay. So I made these tents and I put them in the woods in rural Illinois in the middle of winter. And I filmed them until spring. And I filmed them through all kinds of weather as they would get knocked down, as they would fall down in the creek, uh, as they would start to fall apart and each tent was a stand-in for the human body and the, con- the, the weather conditions were sort of the, you know, wear and tear that we experience in many ways yeah. and, it, and so the, 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 the the drop, canvas drop cloth that I used as the skin of the that I stretched over the armature um, was a record of that so it was all stained and you know in various states of disrepair that was stage one stage two was a migration of the tents across campus and so I mapped it out I got permission I had to create a map and each every three nights I, mo- I had a group of undergrads that would come and help me and we would move it to the next location and then at each location I would document it and I would document I would go and sit near it and watch how people responded to it so it was moving from natural elements to like social yeah and um, there was even one got kidnapped and just, I think undergrads were drunk and posing inside of it yeah um, in their dorm room and I found the image of it on on Facebook somehow and then like it re- reappeared like it broken somewhere else on campus later. Oh my god but that was part of I was like I was putting it through those conditions right right, right right and then the last one was putting them in the museum and so what was like these tents were barely standing up they were like leaning on each other. Um, I put fans in the space to kind of reanimate them Yeah. and then there was a video outside that showed sort of a, a, a kind of very slow time lapse of these moments th- from winter to spring and so that was closer but still very dry Wow. so that was my graduate thesis project and I have like tons of prints and drawings of those tents that I made throughout the year um After that, uh, I got accepted into they they had an initiative for um, public sculpture mm-hmm. And so I got accepted into that the summer afterwards. and so I got to make my first piece of public sculpture. And um, what I did was drove around Charleston collecting salvaged wood or salvaging wood from a bunch of old houses that they were busting down. I would got on I put an ad out and got, Wood from a barn that had collapsed and tin from the roof and all that. And I built a kind of, um, a kind of like I don't know how to describe it. It's on the website, it's called uh Spectre, mm-hmm. and it's like this ramshackle building on stilts that's surrounded by a really tall fence. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, um. I don't I don't think we have time to go into what, why but that's what I made. Um, that's amazing. If you're curious of why just Yes. Get it, yeah. And then um, and then I moved to Bloomington, Indiana, which okay. is where Matisse had just finished undergrad. So you were with back with her? Yeah. I was waiting. I wanted to move there after she had finished school. Okay. Why after? We I I just I had dated some, when I my first year of college I had dated somebody who was still in high school. Okay. And it just I didn't want that experience of like I didn't want to take away from her experience And I also didn't want to feel like I was back in undergrad Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that Um, When I got there I tried lots of different things Um, I first was a laborer uh, For a old hippie And dug a crawl space out (laughs) From underneath his house found lots of interesting things like possum bones and marbles and old glass bottles, which mm. I kept all of it. Of course. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. And then um, and then I got a job at a frame shop. So I learned how to do custom framing. Yes. Then I got a job as an AmeriCorps volunteer at, oh, wow, at really? the local Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Uh, uh, they had an art room but and they had volunteers coming two days a week to do like glitter and glue programs. Oh, or wow. our activities. Yeah, so it was... And that? so they handed me this room and said, this is yours. You now have it, I don't know, four days a week. And you're going to have kids from the time they get out of school until 6 o'clock at night. And so I turned that into a collaborative art-making studio for kids. And we used everything. And there was lessons but they were always larger scale collaborative projects that anybody could add to and you know I'd already been working with kids but this was like a different level of intensity to have kids every day the same kids every day Mm -hmm. that I could build with over time and so it really was like a residency um and I claim that now like in retrospect I claim that as a part of my practice yeah um I also, at the same time, had it in my head that I should move into a commercial building and open a space called the Collaboration Room, yeah. which was going to be for exploring intergenerational visual arts collaborations. And I did that. I rented a space, I signed a lease, I had no idea how I was going to pay for it. I got, <laughs> other, I got other people to move in with me. And so our rent paid for the space I told about that. and That's then right, yeah. and, and we had like a room and we cl- collected art supplies and we had collaborators and residents that would come and stay there and collaborate with us and also part of it was like we would be find ways through public programming to invite the public to see how they made things like to really Participate in their art making Which I think is not a very common Experience that people have Of like getting to be Hands on with their projects And like My friend Jonathan came from Pittsburgh And We had an event called Mostly Cool Ice Mm -hmm. Where everything was like Ice themed Including all the snacks So there was like Cool Ranch Doritos And Freeze Pops But then like the floor grates were turned into ice fishing and you could had magnets on a stick and you're catching fish. Like we painted with paint frozen into ice cube trays on screen prints that we had made of ice cubes. So like that was getting immersed in Jonathan's practice. Um, And that's like an example of something that we did. We also really loved Halloween. Yeah. Um, And my favorite thing that we did there was having yard sales. Oh my God. I just yeah. loved it. We were on a really busy street. I loved the haggling, I loved the conversation. I always had so much stuff and so selling it was like it wasn't even about selling it. It was about the thrill of the interactions. Um, then I got then I got engaged and I closed that chapter of my life. Was oh, so you closed it all down? I closed it all down. I moved into a clean normal house. I became a director at the Boys and Girls Club. Yes. And then I worked there for another three and a half years. I became an administrator. I learned how to do grant writing. I was Ooh, responsible for all this. I would manage a staff team. I was a terrible manager <laughs> at first. And I, you know, like, I had a lot. It was really stressful. I threw up most mornings oh, before baby. I went so to work. You so stressed out. Yeah, I just was so afraid of failing but i was also like if i'm ever going to have a family i need to do something that i I can earn money yeah and so i was like a career boys and girls club director i i uh, after our first was born i moved back to south bend and became a site director and that was a whole that's a whole other story about walking into a fraught a racially fraught environment mm. and failing wow. because i didn't have training in anti-racism yeah and so i was racist i fucked up oh, wow. uh, and that lasted a year and then i was like i need to i've moved really far away from being an artist to so the point you weren't really making a lot of art you were just working I had a kid. Yeah, you were just. I them. didn't know. I, I had nothing. Yeah. I had yeah. no juice left. So I wasn't fired, but I definitely, it was a conversation. You were like, hey, and, you should. And I moved on. And so I, was, to re- let you over, yeah. so I was unemployed. Yeah. And I was home with our two year old. Oh, God. And we spent our time walking through the alleyways of South Bend looking for neat junk and I started an Instagram account and that became its own thing and so I have a lot of I started making photographs again. I studied photo in undergrad and yeah, so now, you, you're a photographer. Right? Now I'm making photographs again in my own way. A lot of photographs at playgrounds. Okay. Um and uh around that time I got really curious about Robert Indiana. Okay. Um Here's this artist from Indiana. I'm back, I'm in, in Indiana. Yeah. I'm from there. Indiana. Yeah. Here's somebody who's called Robert Indiana. So changed their name intentionally as a as a kind of masking or, or persona. And I didn't wasn't particularly excited about his work, but I felt like I had to learn to love it. Yeah. Because of all the reasons. And so I'd had an experience at the IMA in Indianapolis, where I, w- I refused to pay to go into his show. You refused. I was like, I don't, I'm not that interested. But as I was walking by, I saw one of his works hanging on the wall, and it was five panels turned to be diagonal. And right in the middle of it, it said 666. And visually, I had this incredible jolt. like it really shook me. It, 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 it was a sort of uncanny experience and that had stayed with me. Um, so this is 2014. okay I'm unemployed. I'm I decide I'm gonna get to Chicago. I gotta get to Chicago okay yeah and I'm doing everything. I applied to a 100 jobs. Anything you can find? I was... I was... I was pretty... Not everything. I was trying to land somewhere that was going to be of interest. Yeah. I yeah, just... I, I, Not necessarily in the art world, but just not more of the same. I needed to get a, get a, back from social services. And um, so I ended up being mentors to college students in residence at the art museum in south bend and with that came the opportunity to show work in the museum
2: the free piece of podcast is sponsored by zipster specializing in custom websites and local design you don't have to lift a finger to look cool online visit zipster.com and see what they can do for you
0: and so in 2014 was the first time that MT Robert Indiana came into existence. This is the yes. next alter ego. Yeah. And so I made work in the language of Robert Excuse me. Robert Indiana. I made work in the language of Robert Indiana that was fully. It was also the first time that I listed my artist name as MT Searle.
2: Right, yes.
0: So I so my initials are I'm Matthew Thomas Searle. So I'm MT Searle. And that's really, I can't believe that I'm, my initials are empty. And that oh, felt God. like something to work empty, with.
2: Empty. Oh, wow. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So oh. now I'm empty Searle and I have an exhibition where I create a giant mural image of rubbings from all around South Bend. I, I, I wheat paste newsprint rubbings onto the wall to compose one giant image. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Uh, Robert Indiana did a lot of rubbings. That's one of his strategies. The other thing I made was a table that was, he designed a, a, a lithograph called South Bend. And I took that image and I reworked it so that instead of the numbers, uh, meaning the highways around South Bend, it was key dates that Robert Indiana connected with South Bend Indiana. hmm there are many towns in Indiana that claim Robert Indiana for various reasons. He lived in 21 homes by the age of 18. And so there's a lot of places that you know claim him in different ways. 21 and so homes. sort Jesus. of tongue in cheek as I was cl- the whole project was about claiming him for South Bend. So I, that's a mission of mine is to claim Robert Indiana for South Bend Indiana. Nobody else cares about this. No, it's just, people don't even care about Robert Indiana, let alone what I'm doing with it. Right. And the and so each of the key dates, and his, his step-grandmother was murdered in South Bend, Indiana in 1939. So this piece on the wall here is the top of the rubbing table. And people took out sheets of newsprint from the South Bend Tribune end rolls, took a graphite stick, and made a rubbing of the table surface to take their own print home with them for free. Oh my God. So they, he used a lot of printmaking. He also did rubbings and I, in my own way, I subvert that by not making them valuable, but making it democratic. Right. And so, um, each of the numbers on there are a different year that he was connected to South Bend. It's kind of a stretch. Um, But it was a kind of milestone for me because my work was like loosening up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And um, I ended up getting this great job in Chicago for an organization called the Urban Physic Garden. And I think it's been long enough now that I'm allowed to say this. It was a medicinal garden pop-up with a farm-to-table restaurant out of a shipping container that was going to have film screenings and live music on the lakefront in Chicago on this little stretch of land by the harbor and they hired me to be their general manager. yeah this is this is one person based in London who has an urban physic garden there. they, they, they got their their claim to fame was um, plant adoptions where they would people would drop off plants and they would send them home with different people and then they made this medicinal garden with all this stuff happening. And they hired me and i was like oh my god i did it yeah i i, I ventured yeah. into social services i was deep into this other world i learned so much i learned how to be an administrator i learned how to get organized with my add brain and i got this job so i move us to chicago the whole i've, I've got i've got the one kid and After two weeks, they let me know that they hit some red tape with the city, and they fired me.
2: Oh, my God. Wow.
0: So, I'm... Matisse is teaching part-time at two different places. We get rid of the apartment. We're, like, staying at my mom's place in Oak Park and going back to Indiana, and, and I'm still trying to get my foot in the door in Chicago... And we kind of like eventually gave up and moved back to South Bend. We owned a house there at the time. Matisse was teaching art at the local, at a, at a Catholic school, and I was at home. And then I get a call from an organization in Chicago called Experimental Station, where I had interviewed for a farmer's market manager position, even though I knew nothing about it. Oh, yeah,
2: you're good. you're good at that. It's,
0: I mean, that's also some white privilege. Yeah. that I got an interview with zero, zero farmers experience. market experience that's why it's important to me to use my privilege as a tool to crack things open oh. I'm I'm committed to it um, that's what we're doing at Elsewhere right now Jesus so I get the call from experimental station and I'm in Indiana I've resigned myself to be a stay at home dad I'm really getting into cooking. And they say, do you want to be, we've created a new position, assistant director of the organization. This is in the Woodlawn neighborhood of Chicago, south of University of Chicago, right around the corner from the Museum of Science Science Industry. My sister is working at the University of Chicago at a place called the Renaissance Society, which is a contemporary art center. My mom is living up there. I get this job. I said, of course, I want to take it. So I commute from Indiana for eight months. You commute from Indiana? An hour and a half each way. Oh my god. Then I move my family there. Chicago. Three blocks from work. My job initially is to fundraise and support a youth program in the form of a community bike repair shop. Okay. I can't get into it, but things definitely got hairy. Oop. And I got through that. Okay. Good. And then I got a little bit of wiggle room. This is like two years in, and I start. I'm like, why is there not anything happening here? Why are there no events? Why is there no art?
2: In Chicago. No,
0: no, no. In at this place. Oh, this. Okay. You should okay. you should see this building an artist named Dan Peterman had this this warehouse that used to be Chicago's first recycling center yeah i know i'm going on so long you're going to have to edit so much of this no you're good but this is the this is the whole scoop was in school at the University of Chicago studying sculpture making stuff that he making th- art with the materials that he found at the recycling studio his art practice takes off internationally he's working with recycled plastics at a time where that's like brand new Yeah, ish he buys the building artists from all over the world are coming and staying there there's the early version of the bike shop there's the baffler literary criticism journal it's just a scene but then the whole thing burns down they rebuild it as experimental station, turn it into a nonprofit. It's operating from 2005 until I get there at 2015. And so I'm like, can I start having events here? And it's like, sure, this is how you do it. And I went from 17 events to 45 events to 98 events in a year 98 events that I was personally facilitating how in the world I learned through trial and error how to build programming with no money how to prioritize artists also in the midst of this I go to I have my racial awakening in 2018 which is really late in life sorry everybody Um, I'm at a conference in South Bend for theater I don't I, I I it a lot of things went into place for me to be there but it it was sitting in a in a in a workshop called rooting out racism in the workplace that I realized that I had been swimming in this water my whole life yeah. and, and I had never seen it right I just didn't understand yeah. and it, and in that moment I did And I asked where did they get the materials from, and it's from a group called Art Equity. And then I went to a training with Art Equity in New Orleans for eight days, and I was in a room of 40, like, really powerful theater artists from all across the country, and I was the most ignorant person in the room. I was the only, at the time, straight white male in the room. Mm -hmm. I was terrified, and I learned so much yeah um and i fucked up so much afterwards trying to use that learning until i stopped fucking up as much i made a ton of mistakes i hurt people i tried to apply that learning to do better and in my time in chicago it was just a total education i learned more through these jobs than i ever did in school i don't i wouldn't trade my art training for anything because i I needed those tools to yeah. do everything else. But in some ways, I'm like finishing my art training now at elsewhere.
2: Well, yeah, absolutely doing with it.
0: So um, I remember having a conversation with somebody. I'm like trying to find it. Where, where are the other experimental stations in the world? Where are my colleagues or my peers? I didn't know. I didn't know any parallel to what I was doing. And somebody had mentioned the um artist communities alliance conference it's like the conference for artist residencies so my work pays for me to go to a training on how to create a residency from scratch in minneapolis and when i signed up for that i got an email with a job posting for elsewhere no way and when i went to the conference i was like hi i'm this is who i am i'm in chicago i don't know anything about artist residencies I think I'm applying to this job. Can you tell me anything about it? Do you think I could apply? I apply, and I get offered the position.
2: In Greensboro. Ooh,
0: in Greensboro. <laughs> where I had come from my honeymoon in 2011. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, that's right. Tell me about that. During a photo shoot.
0: Yeah. So I already had a little bit of a relationship. I stayed at the proximity. So random. Yeah. Right? In a way... But I think not random. Yeah, I guess yeah. Matisse had never been to the mountains or the ocean. Yeah, and so I picked us. I Googled a state that had both, and I also think that's part of why Elser exists. Yeah, is the unique intersections of industry and land topography and all that stuff. Yeah, and also just like, uh 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 Greensboro is also like an international beacon for civil rights. Yeah, there so is. there's like. It's kind of everything. And so I told myself when I got the position at Elsewhere that I would take it. I knew that there were inequities in the hiring process. I could see it now. But I said, if, if I'm the best person for the, that they see for this job right now, then I'm going to take it, but I'm going to push as hard as I can. Mm. And so here we are in 2022. The pandemic hit the week I moved here. Yeah. I arrived on March. I started work on March 10th on March 14th the museum shut down for 15 months my co-director was fired Uh, I didn't know anything about I was a first-time executive director I didn't know how I didn't know what I was doing and um, it's been a real journey but also elsewhere was the first time that any job had asked me for my artist website.
2: You can, which is insane to me, that you work worked all these jobs and no one asks about your art. Never. They want to know if you can do the job. That's crazy.
0: I got the job at Experimental Station because I had put grant writing on my resume. Right. And I had experience with youth. That's why I got that job. Well, it's more complicated than that, but I will explain yeah, that oh, later. Yeah, it's more complex all all the time. But. So, all of this is important to share because... I'm sitting here in 2022 I have been in therapy for two years I went to the brink yeah. and came back uh, I have been on meds for my ADHD, depression and anxiety I have been stripped away I have amazing uh, colleagues at Elsewhere I really think that Elsewhere is a very special place in the whole world and it's right here in Greensboro yeah it's a very queer space and it's a part of how I have come to identify as queer um, I, I really believe that and it just operates differently than most of spaces that exist yes it does and that is is queer it is in at odds to how most places work which is how, how I've even come to be able to ascribe that term to myself but but just like i retroactively claim boys and girls clubs experimental station these are all residencies these are all training this is that it's all art i've made I yeah did. and you know i also like uh well i lost my train of thought we've been you talking good. a long time no, you good this is no this is great and we got to greensboro to elsewhere during covid and you actually have oh, and 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 I and I've been making more consistently. Exactly, that's one I, I want to get to. Since that. the depths of the pan, the, fir, the 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 summer of twenty twenty of twenty twenty yeah was when I started my collage sound collage album okay, which yeah. is I'm finishing up. Ooh, yes. So this is an album called O I C U R M T. Okay. Which is from a book from the early 1900s uh, like a witty pun using acronyms and then it was used by the two lawnies uh, british comedians in a sketch and my mom shared it with me at a lake house in michigan one summer and i was like it's like i see the things that are part of my practice they just light up for me and my practice is really about collage everything that i've made has been about collage it's been about found materials and putting it together in some new way that speaks to this like uncanny other world that it lives inside of me called bucket glock yeah mather sirlo was born from the black waters of bucket glock which it, it the most the closest real life Experience of it is to go to Lake Michigan at night, and to go into the waters, and that's like where I grew up, and so, um, actually, there's an artist here in town named Charles Williams who who's a buddy of mine, who's actually painting that for me now. Oh my gosh, beautiful! Uh, it's gonna. I don't. I don't know what's gonna happen to me when I actually live with, it in my space. Oh my but God, um, change here, everything. but so OICURMT it's an album of um, acronyms every track is a different acronym like um, what is one uh, uh, gosh I'm blanking right now
2: okay.
0: oh this is a. S. S V B E E Q V. Si vales bene est ego coque valio, which means, if you're fine, I'm fine. Okay. And it was a it was a sign off on letters in in Roman times. Wow. But when I see S V B E E Q V somewhere in the world i'm like i get that uncanny experience that i had with robert indiana's work where it's like that's weird it 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 reverberates with me i need to find out what this means and then i need to like go really deep into this world and create a sound collage i was i was barely functioning i was drinking a lot i i i i i i was just trying to cope with Depression. Yeah. Unmedicated depression. Makes sense. And what I had capacity to do was to do Google s- searches and copy images onto my desktop and then start to find audio and piece it together in GarageBand. And so I kept, that's what I kept doing. I've been doing that for two years now and I'm almost done. I showed it to my friend um, Jordan Stein who's a curator in San Francisco. We worked at CM together he runs a space called cushion works and his practice has sort of um really taken off he's doing really awesome stuff but he's sort of my go-to he's sort of been my lifeline to the art world yeah in yeah. the midst of all this in a way um but you know i sent it to him and he, and i had written a script for these sound collages and he was like the sound collages are amazing the script doesn't work it's like it explains it away the weird the the it te- it it's too much of like how it's made. And I realized um, gosh, now now all the alter egos are popping up. <laughs> yes, all yeah. So there's M T Giddings. Yep, it was which is my artist name. So certain projects fall underneath that. Then there's Mather Sealo. Yes. Then there's M T Robert Indiana, which we've already explained. Mm-hmm. There's M T Shadow. Shadow, yes. Which is what you get when Mather Sierlo reaches up into their triangular hair and pulls a zipper down and peels off the skin. Is this silhouette of a figure? Wow. That is. I have a costume. It's a black jumpsuit. Like like you know or jumpman suit you know yeah, what i'm talking yeah, about yeah. people go to like sporting events and they're like all red yeah, all and you can't see suit. their face yeah yeah the the black one um i had an uncanny experience with it it's it's very weird okay i wore it to a um halloween party and like Everyone's all dressed up and they all look freaky. And I walked through the crowd in this zip up jumpsuit and people were really freaked out. That is insane. I feel very uncomfortable with it. Yeah. But it exists now. And I don't know what to do with it. It's sitting as a placeholder on my website. It's one of the things that are the least developed so far and the only thing that I can think to do with it, which I haven't done yet, is to become a street performer, like licensed street performer where I do pantomime Um, Wow, And 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 I play with being a shadow like what, what, you know how pantomime it's like, well what can I do with my body that is depicting this, well like what can I do when I'm, if I turn my body now, I'm just like a straight line? Or if I had a series of, um, like, flip flops with magnets and stepped on them, would I get taller? Yeah, yeah. And, like, invisible ink. And, like, there are things that kind of are of empty shadow uh, that I, I, I just don't know yet. And I'm also like, Is this racist is it a form of blackface Mm. I don't know and I am living with the discomfort and I have been too afraid to wear that jumpsuit anywhere else but I think that if I was a performer a street performer you kind of expect people to be covered head to toe and it's like out in the daylight and it's you know I think that it that's where it would read properly I've had a fascination with mimes this whole time. My favorite, That's what it sounds my like. favorite film is the Children of Paradise. It's a a French film from 1945 about a really famous pantomime, um, and I watch it at least once a year. I also saw Marcel Marceau in South Bend shortly after the 9/11 attacks. Oh wow. And it was one of those experiences, one of those uncanny, changed my life experiences to see him from like the very top row. He was like one inch big and he altered my chemistry from the greatest possible distance through his movement. And so... I just know that there, that's, that's as much as I know about empty shadow is that these are, this is where these different interests are intersecting and I have to, it might sit there for a while, like the name Mather sat there for a while until it was ready. Yeah. And then the, the most recent, well, uh, um, Yeah, so there's, there's, under each, each, under each um, persona, there's various projects, and some of them only exist as a collage that I've made to put on the website as a placeholder for the thing that it will be. Um, The last uh, alter ego that's on the website is called Mother Guildings, which is a drag performer that takes the, mother ginger character from the nutcracker mm-hmm. with that, that ha- is up on stilts with a wide dress that has all these children that run out from underneath the dress it's always played by a man and it's this mother ginger character and so mother ginger becomes mother gildings since i'm matthew giddings yeah and um so i'm currently like researching british drag history and I'm anticipating that at some point I'll have a drag mother and I will start performing. Um, I hope I've been growing my hair out now since 2018. It's finally long enough. I've made a balsa wood comb that sits on my head that I'll wrap my hair around. So instead of having a triangular wig that Mather wears, it will actually be my hair up in this triangular hairdo. Yes. Um, So that's, I'm currently working on that. The sound collage album, I'm working on a graphic novel about that, that explores the intersections of uh, philately, uh, uh, the love of all things postal. Um, male art and avant-garde art history. Um, and so I'm preparing to reach out to a, male artist in Switzerland to ask him to mentor me and I might have to move there. Okay. So, um, it's all happening. So that's the future. That's everything. That's, 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 that's nuts. <laughs> not everything yet, but it's, we're up to present
2: day. That's, that's <laughs> your story is, is insane.
0: Yeah, but it's like all that stuff had to happen. Yeah. And like, it's made, I'm ready to see what happens when I commit to my art practice. And
2: that's kind of what's happening now. It's like you making your
0: art. You you're in kind of a transition right I'm, now. I'm in a transition. Of you making art for I mean but but I've been I've been making art consistently now for the last while. I gotta say decades. But but like it was always stop and go. Right. But I've consistently been making this collage album. Oh sorry. Circling back, every track on the album has a visual collage that goes along with it that I'm printing as postcards. That's sick. That has a QR code for the track. For the track yeah. So I've connected the sound collage album to the male art graphic novel. And so I think in time, all of these alter egos, which have been like how I've been able to like, they're like nodes for various interests and and strategies. Yeah. I think that they're all going to start to blend into my, into one practice. Wow. And so I, I, it may be that Mather Cirlo is intersects with mother gildings and that I move from performing as this alien lounge singer, Mather Cirlo to the pantomime to the drag performance you know and i have like the most incredible merch table with my graphic novel and my i just i just designed my first mt Robert indiana t-shirt you know, yes it i just have to say it's really good yeah like i can't wait to see it i, I will show it to you yeah it's on the website yeah. <laughs> this t-shirt is yeah, it's it only only one exists in the world right now. And it's only you made, yeah, yeah. But it's real. I made it real. It's I, I still can't believe when I actually make any of this stuff, that I made it real. And I feel so at a place of wonder. I'm I I wanna put it out in the world and see who, who responds back. Like, who does this speak to? I have no idea. Um, but my friend Jordan says that that's like a really good place to be as an artist, is to be like I don't know if anyone else in the world is gonna like this thing, but it, it is so true to my heart. That's what matters. And and I I have to trust that if that's how I'm making, as weird as this stuff is, s- s- the world needs it for some reason. Absolutely. I don't. I really don't know. No one's seen this stuff. Like, and maybe no one will ever really care. It's kind of like the 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 Robert Indiana project I made, like. Nobody was nobody was interested. I had loved ones there, and they just yeah, it was like it just didn't do anything for them. It's not awesome in the way that like you know Matisse's paintings. It's they're beautiful. Like I, they're succulent. You know, I don't make work that way. I yeah. make this other stuff, and it's, it's okay. I do. Ju- I I just I just have to trust. Dude, I just have to trust it.
2: Just be here and go your own path.
0: I do, I'm. I'm. I have. I think I have demonstrated that I have no choice. Yeah. That's. It really feels like a compulsion. And when I was in school, I was just so far away from being able to he, to to like heed that. It was not coming from a natural place. It was coming. I was putting it on, and now I feel like after all this time and after all these experiences. I've really learned how to be an artist. And and so and, and being it elsewhere, it's kind of like the final stamp. It like makes sense from this other path I've been on, but it's the most art job. It's the most art thing I've had since two thousand and seven. And it has a weird place in the art world. It has a weird place in the in the residency field. It, it's an outlier. It's strangely, it's just unique in the whole world. And it's like, there's no other place that could have helped me more than to come here and to have this experience. And like, I think I'm done. I think I'm ready to, to, to step out as an artist. And I think it's just super exciting to be at this moment. Like everything is possible and I may end up working I've been fantasizing about becoming a grade school art teacher and just being in residence at a school for the rest of my career and having lots of time after school and during the summers to make art and and maybe I show it and maybe I don't I don't know like like I, I I'm not it's not like I'm saying I'm ready to like invest in the art world I'm just ready to be an artist in whatever form that's going to take. Yes, exactly. Um, that's
2: how it should be. Sure. That's phenomenal.
0: It's crazy because I love that you're so
2: much more. Obviously, you're a big part of elsewhere, but you're still like, there's so much more to you.
0: I mean, most, no one knows what I just shared with you.
2: Exactly. My, I didn't know. So the stuff you shared with
0: me, which is the point of the show.
2: To to her, My for colleagues to, at
0: elsewhere don't know.
2: They're going to now maybe maybe yeah maybe a yeah. girl maybe maybe yeah
0: I would be really excited if somebody saw my work and got excited about it yeah I, I'm i curious if that will happen
2: sometimes people won't tell you that but they do get excited about it you know
0: yeah
2: but I, obviously you haven't really shared your website with a lot of people either what's that your website you probably haven't really shared that with a lot of people so you really don't know yet I don't know yet yeah so I think it's, it's time uh, <laughs> yeah, I know it's a very vulnerable place to be. I, I get it. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. In time, whenever you're ready, the world is ready for you. Uh, <laughs> but until then, you'll be able to see it elsewhere. I'm, I'm still cooking. Kicking ass. This is amazing. I'll be proud of you. That's the story. I'll be proud of yourself. This is, to me, from you going from Indiana to <laughs> Chicago to, to San Francisco. Back to Indiana, Illinois, to here is just wild. It makes me feel like I haven't done anything. Which is not true, I know, but it's like that is a journey.
0: Humans are nomadic.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's in our nature. I think that I have intuited when I needed to go somewhere to get an experience I couldn't get where I was. Yeah. That I needed to have. Go get it. What I miss out on is a rootedness in a community. And so now... One of my biggest tasks is to find my tribe yeah. or to build it. And I think that it is really important that it, this is coinciding with coming out as queer. Queer, that's huge. And now I'm, I have my family. I have three kids. I'm co-parenting with my best friend. Yeah. And I'm single for the first time in 16 years. Wow. And now I am going to find my I guess other artists and other other people that I connect with in a variety of ways and I guess I'll also share my practice along the way and I don't know I'm, I'm really curious to see who connects with any of this I am too
2: <laughs> this will be a whole new world for you you know so I'm very happy for you I think you're going to blossom in it you have a great support system you know I do um, elsewhere is full of amazing new talent who you're very excited about who I hope to interview oh my gosh and to collab with we really
0: we really have a dream team right now like
2: you from what you're talking like it's like gonna be an amazing future. elsewhere is amazing yeah and it it's is.
0: going to get even more amazing yeah
2: so let everyone know I want to talk to them yeah just like this yeah cool I'm with it little we we'll look out for more of your art. In this uh, album coming out. Yeah, it'll, com- it.
0: it'll come out as a postcard set. As a postcard
2: set, which <laughs> kind of to be determined. ETA on it is done. John- this fall. This fall. I want
0: to debut it in San Francisco and revisit. The first time I dressed as Mather yeah. was for a residency with my friend's project. And I dressed as Mather for three days, walked around the city with a suitcase full of props, and did improvised collaborations with strangers in my As Mather. And um, so I want to, now that my hair's long and I've made the comb, I'm going to go back out there, show the work at my friend's space, have a listening party, perform as Mather, maybe perform as Mother Gildings and Empty Shadow, I don't know. Um, But then like, like, see what happens when I do that project. Uh, I guess that was in 20... 14 mm-hmm. so it's 2022 now so eight years ago yeah a lot's happened in the last eight years wow and i am curious how i think in a lot of ways i'm more ready to connect with people other humans yeah that's really been this project connecting is to learn how to connect with other human beings right and i have to do it in a and so oftentimes in a it's like I have to come at it from an angle, or I have to see it in a mirror. I can't just do it straight on, and I think that that's part of making art. Is a part of how I interface with the world, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's partially my ADHD. That's partially being a Pisces. Um, uh, it's partially growing up in the in where I did in the world, mm-hmm. and um, I'm really excited to like what if Mather is able to love more and like connect with human beings in a more authentic way, even if it's only briefly. Right. Uh, And not in a way that's like, I'm doing this thing and you're an unsuspecting part of it. It's like, I'm doing this thing because I want to be a, be a punctuation exclamation point of your day where you had this unusual encounter with an alien (laughs) and then you like went on to work. Like that feels like an experience that I want to offer the world. Okay. In, yeah. in all these different ways. Absolutely. You will deliver an unrivaled experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> this I, is, I I don't have competitors in this field. <laughs> I would
1: say
2: that I've interviewed over a hundred and sixty artists and I've no one is doing this, so that I know of, that I've talked to yet. So yeah, this is an all new territory that I've, I personally have, have seen. So I'm ready for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It you. I don't even know what to call half of it. Don't worry about what to call it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel better about calling something a postcard set than a album, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. That feels like the right fit. So. Yeah. I'm with it. All right. I got some stuff to show you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you
2: do. Okay. It was, uh, what's your Instagram?
0: Oh, um, I open new Instagram accounts for every research project. Okay, so I have a lot.
2: Okay, so you want, just give me a list of them. You even write it out for me. Uh,
0: Giddingsboro is my North Carolina Greensboro research. Mm-hmm. Giddingsboro. No underscore Mather M a t h e r underscore o k a o k. Okay. Is my like that those photographs as Mather when I was a a uh, uh, stay-at-home dad um postalisha postali show Ver postalische I postalische
2: Werke?
0: Postalische Werke? Uh, gonna have to re- send this to you yeah you're just right you're that's right. the that's the postal art research yeah I also drive up a a, a um, Volkswagen Friedelin which is a mail truck made by VW yeah. that was that ran in Switzerland and Germany Mather's gonna be driving one of those in the novel, oh, so it's th- th- yeah. th- it's already on the website as like a fake album. Yeah, um, that's probably enough Instagram accounts.
2: Okay,
1: yeah.
0: You,
2: you also just send them all to me. I'll tag you all of them.
0: Oh, MT Robert Indiana. Okay, exactly. Yeah, there's. I have posted on average like five posts a day for almost two years or a year and a half. I scour the internet for Robert Indiana's legacy in all its forms, skateboarding culture, um, like all these, all these subcultures where it shows up. And this is the, this is like the pot of stew that I will draw from, for making work as MT Robert Indiana. I'm working on a performative lecture that I'm going to try out with um, a, a buddy who works at the Smithsonian um i think it's going to turn into a film at some point yeah um so uh gosh there's even there's more things cooking than i can even remember okay yeah
2: we're ready for it we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it on all social medias i'm very excited for you matthew this is this is amazing yeah thank you yeah no thank you i'll be very proud of yourself for this i feel like i had this Listen to a documentary on someone's full
0: life. <laughs> this, is, this is
2: so crazy. Yeah, this is probably the most intense story I've had so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it so. was
0: it was intense for me too. Yeah. I hope retelling it, you were like, I wow, need, I've. I need a nap. I've done a lot.
2: But no, please follow Matthew on all his accounts. I'll take them on in the in the post, of course. Come to elsewhere. That's part of Come to thing.
0: elsewhere. If you call elsewhere, it goes to my cell phone. Yes. If you message us on Instagram, I'm on the other You're end. You're going to get it. I will personally show you around the museum. I want to reintroduce you or introduce you to the museum personally. Yes. And take you through the whole space and talk to you about all the things.
2: It's an amazing space full of a lot of things. That's all that's all no, that's all I'll say. <laughs> Obviously I'll tag you out in the post as well, but it's an experience. That's is it? It is an experience going to that place. Every time I go in there, I'm just like, "This is absolutely outrageous." It, yeah. In the best way possible.
0: It's I can't believe it exists. I
2: can't either. It's, it's definitely it's just a staple of Greensboro. It's probably one of the most special places in Greensboro, without
0: without a doubt. And so, most people, I mean, have never heard of it. Exactly. And we're gonna change that. We are. We have one of the people that we hired is a great storyteller, and the, and part of their work is going to be. You should see this newsletter they just sent out. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Show me all. It was nur- nurture your senses through elsewhere. Okay. Like all the ways. Every there's a dance party, house dance party on Saturday night. Yeah. We had a, we cooked a meal for like 20 people tonight. We have an open mic. We have um uh artist films we're screening artist films, filmmakers in Chicago on Friday night after we do our works in progress studio visits with our artists. Um there's an all women and femme uh comedy show that happens every month there's so much stuff happening and nobody knows about it
2: <laughs> and that's just yeah so everyone's saying that like you know look for things are going on greensboro elsewhere has things going on sounds like all the time so
0: it's probably too much
2: yeah <laughs> hey, it's never too much you got you got a space to do it so you need you, you want to do it
0: come to elsewhere october 8th for our nightmare on south elm street party yes haunted house experience we're gonna restage part of thriller in the street there'll be live music last year we put a performer in the barbershop next door and people went in two at a time to have a private concert like we're just gonna get we're gonna get just as weird this year it's gonna be good
2: let's get it let's
0: go come from wherever you are just come to greensboro and we'll show you a good time
2: absolutely (laughs) good things okay awesome all right so guys thank you so much for listening to this great story if you have any further questions for matthew please hit matthew up i have all the contact stuff in the post um thank you again thank you for our listeners and this has been a great episode i'm blown away personally because i'm trying to take it all in everything you just told me just now um But, yes, thank you again. Much love to everyone. Tell your mom about the podcast. Tell your cousins. (laughs) Tell your friends. Tell your brothers. Need to feed my kids. Need more sponsors. So, (laughs) thank you for listening. Goodbye. The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the
1: Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, LiveJournal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smokes, niggles, whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.